Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of reincarnation. Not just for humans? Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. Michelangelo, my friend, are you with us? I sure am, buddy. How's everything going? Uh, fine. It's good you're still with us. Otherwise, you might die and come back as something very unexpected. Yes, could be, could be. Uh, I, I think though kicking, that so. I think that you know that the the, the transmigration, uh, sorry, the transmigration of forms though has a lot to do with karma, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, yes, well, reincarnation, not just for humans. Well, we decided to talk about this because of an article that we both read. Yeah. Would you like to read some? Start reading this article. Sure. Okay. Let me just find it here. Uh, by the way, I'll put a link to it for the listeners. Put a link to it uh, in the description of the of this episode, so you can download it. I put this uh, Epic Times article in a PDF file, so you can go in and, and and download it. It'd be easier for you to do it that way because Epic Times to read for free you have to sign up, and maybe some people don't want to do that. So, yep. uh, so I'll put it in a PDF. I'll link to that. Okay, so here's the gist of the story. A young boy named Dalawang in Thailand was three years old when he met an acquaintance of his father's named Mr. Hugh for the first time. The boy seemed to know in detail about a confrontation Hugh had once had with a snake. But how Dalawang knew these details remains a mystery. Dalawang claimed it was because he was that snake in a previous life. Wow. He, he said he was in a cave when he encountered two dogs. He fought with the dogs before confronting their owner, Hugh. Hugh killed the snake. These details were all confirmed by Hugh. Dalawang said that after he died, he saw that his current father had eaten a piece of this snake. It is true that his father ate a piece of the snake Hugh killed at that time before Dalawang's birth. Dalawang touched Hugh's shoulder, recalled his father, and said Hugh had been bitten there by a snake. Hugh did indeed have a scar on that shoulder from a snake bite. Although Dalawang was initially upset with Hugh, the boy forgave him. Dalawang said it was not good to be a snake, and Hugh released him from that misery. The boy started killing snakes often, which he felt was a good deed. Oh, and incidentally, Dalawang was born with a skin condition, which caused the lower half of his body to be covered in scales like a snake. Wow. This blew <laughs> me away. Okay, now why did it yeah. blow me away? Especially the part that, that comes next. This account was, uh, was investigated by Francis Story, an associate of the late Dr. Ian Stevenson, a psychiatrist and reincarnation researcher at the University of Virginia. I read his book. It's what, like 20 cases or whatever. I forget how many cases. Suggestive of Reincarnation, a very scientific book, by the way. Look up Dr. Ian Stevenson because he doesn't say reincarnation exists. He said there are many cases suggestive of that. A very mm -hmm. serious, maybe the most serious reincarnation uh, researcher. Uh, Stevenson, yeah. I believe, is dead now. And this was an associate of his. So when somebody with that level of scientific expertise and seriousness 
puts out a story like this. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it says Dr. Jim Tucker. What's let me say was investigated by Francis Story, an associate of Dr. Ian Stevenson. And then it says Dr. Jim Tucker recounts the case in his book *Return to Life: Extraordinary Case of Children Who Remember Past Lives*. And this Tucker, not Tucker Carlson, but Jim Tucker, totally different person. We say Tucker today, people think Tucker Carlson, but here's Jim Tucker. And he writes, I may be well past your boggle threshold now, the point at which a story becomes too mind-boggling to accept. I confess this case approaches my own boggle threshold. And let me tell you, when I read this, you know, we always hear that reincarnation, yes, it exists. We have so many thousands of cases of like hypnotic regression to other lives or psychics telling you things, and the stories con correspond so much to situations you have in this life. I have a story myself along those lines, right, from a psychic, just totally, totally amazing. So we're, we've become accustomed to accept the idea of reincarnation, that a soul lives through different lives. Uh, after all, it even says in the Bible, in order to be saved, you must be born again, and no, Jimmy Carter, this doesn't mean you should belong to some Protestant sect and have water poured over you again, and that's being born again. No, basically, I think Jesus knew about reincarnation. And more and more people, even in churches, though they don't say it, they accept that. I know Catholics who believe in reincarnation. So that's one thing. But the story is always, well, the human soul reincarnates as a human soul because humans have a certain level of consciousness. And if they incarnate as a dog, it, it, they couldn't continue to develop. But here we have a story that seems quite confirmed of a little kid being born, remembers being a snake, remembers biting a certain man, can point out the scar the guy has. The story the kid tells that he had never heard in life was exactly what the man then confirmed. Yes, that really happened. And the kid remembers being the snake. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty Does this cool. mean maybe sometimes we incarnate as, as animals? I would hope so, really, because in that case, Look out, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, you're going to be cockroaches. And we're going to step one. We're going to trample you. Or you're going to, and, and you're going to be guests in our roach motel. Remember the, the little things that with the poison inside? Roaches go in, but they don't come out. <laughs> That's right, yes. Well, I'm you know, they're all, here, but. they're all questing after eternal life. And, and as, you, as you know, it, the, the roaches will be the only thing left after a nuclear holocaust. So, oh, so know, they'll be the ones to survive. Yeah. Albeit as roaches. They, which is what they want, you know, so there you go. Yeah, so but, uh, but it's not going to be exactly what they want, but I, I get your drift, yeah, I catch you. Yeah, drift. yeah, well, you know, I mean, material possessions, what's that next to eternal life, you know, even if you're a cucaracha. <laughs> but no, no, but no, it's an interesting idea. And of course, it's not inconsistent with, with as I alluded to previously, this notion that, you know, the, the wheel of karma does not necessarily just include human in incarnations but there are yeah. there are there's definitely you know what we call it sort of popular folklore you know within within you know, hindu circles or whatever you know mystic tradition we want to that people who are particularly reprehensible in one given life may in fact not come back as human beings in the next one and uh so this is an interesting obviously this is an opposite case where we have a, a, a soul that was you know incarnated as a snake not terribly happy at at it so much so, in fact, that you know he's taken to killing snakes in his previous, in his present incarnation. You know, well, uh, to free them from the yeah, to free them from the pain of being of, a uh, snake or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's it's an interesting notion, and I mean, I 
I wouldn't presume to dispute it. I mean, I think we don't really know. We don't really know what consciousness is. We don't really know what the soul is. Well, yeah, but on that point, the consciousness aspect, uh, the devil's advocate here would say, wait a minute. Couldn't it be that the boy's consciousness was simply connecting to the consciousness of that snake back then and to the consciousness of Mr. Hugh as well? In sure, other words, right. he was connecting to the to the event constellation of Mr. Hugh being in a certain place by that cave, and the snake comes along, and the dogs fight with it, and the snake bites Mr. Hugh, and, and Mr. Hugh kills the snake. He was connecting yeah. to the to that entire event psychologically at a very deep psychic level, but he identified with the snake in that scene. So he really wasn't, or he isn't now, an incarnation of the snake. He's just connecting on the consciousness level to the snake in an event configuration that he perceived psychically. Sure. Sure. Of course, then one could say, well, then maybe there's no reincarnation. Whenever you, if you remember in a hypnosis uh, session being, I don't know, a, a soldier in the 18th century, you're just connecting to that consciousness, but you weren't the soldier. So then that could be used as an argument against the idea of reincarnation in general. Although you would have to accept psychic ability, that some people have the ability to to pick up consciousnesses from other times, other places. But then there yeah. doesn't have to be reincarnation at all. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, that reincarnation does in many ways account for for skills, which certainly seem to be preternatural, though, you know, that we seem to to bring forth from, from previous lives. Um, you know, uh, certainly, I mean, I would say to you that my own esoteric abilities were certainly something that I never cultivated in the first half of my life, you yeah. know, and, and they seem to emerge from nowhere. Uh, so my feeling is that they probably do issue forth from a previous existence where I was more active in that regard. But obviously, there's no way to prove such a thing. Well, yeah, because there's I mean, so much my, evidence, and I have stories like from people I know from my life. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, it could be I'm just connecting to the consciousness of a person back then. Though I don't really believe so, because there's so many really great psychics, for example, and channels that talk about reincarnation, it would seem more probable that the kid was actually a snake in the past life. Could it be that maybe yeah. he was a young soul as far as this world's concerned? He hadn't yeah, incarnated sure. here as a person yet, and this was the first life as a person. But then before that, he wasn't like a dolphin or, or, or a dog. He was a snake. Yeah. Uh, was that a punishment for something, or did he just want to see what it was like to be a snake? You know, in all these regressions, I've read so many books on that, you know, where psychologists regress people. Yeah. Very, extremely rarely, but once I remember reading about a woman who remembered being a bird and flying, yeah. soaring through the air. It could be a fantasy. She remembered yeah. other, you know, concrete human lives, but you wonder, maybe a human soul could think, I want to see what it's like to be a snake in a cave. I don't know why they want to do that. <laughs> well, Because I, I mean, sure wouldn't, but... Snakes are very powerful certainly on a symbolic level in, in the scheme of things. So there's certainly a certain uh, resonance to the whole idea of incarnating as one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm reminded in, in, in this story of a wonderful, and this may be slightly off topic, but it's such a wonderful film that I, I feel I want to share it here. It's a, it's a lesser travel Kiwi film called Dean Spanley. Did you ever come across that in your travels? Dean Spanley. Dean Spanley. Yeah. It's the name of a film. It's the name of a film. It's made in New Zealand. No, uh, never heard of it. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a wonderful film, and and I, I don't want to necessarily give away the whole story, but Sam Neill is is basically the star, and there's a few other high profile actors in it. But it, essentially, it's about this man who's living with his his uh, elderly father, uh, who's played by the late Peter O'Toole, and he's it was his brother. He one of two brothers, and his brother was killed in the war. I think it must be the First World War, and the father has never really recovered. And of course, as the younger son, I think he must have been the younger son. He has this whole psychic burden of having to deal with the with the father, and. Um, it's not a very pleasant existence. And then one day he goes off and he hears this lecture by this, this Hindu Swami about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And sitting in the back of the audience is this, this, this gentleman who's dressed as a dean of the Anglican Church, who is a Sam Neill character, who proves to be Dean Spanley. And uh, they, they start talking and uh, it, it comes out that he invites him to, um, to dinner. And... Uh, when he um, no spoilers dinner, here, no spoilers. Well, because I want to see. Well, I have to film. give. I have to give. I mean, you know, it's not going to spoil the story. But basically, okay, yeah, yeah. what happens is that, um, and I'm I'm blanking now on the the vehicle. But basically, after dinner, they're drinking a certain Tokai. They're drinking Tokai, and uh, Dean Dean Spanley is particularly fond of Tokai. And uh, but when Dean Spanley drinks Tokai, he begins to reminisce about. Insofar as this character, who's played by Jeremy Northam, the younger brother, he seems to be reminiscing about a life as a dog. And and they have they have several they have several dinners together, and every time you know they break out the tokai, the reminiscences get more and more elaborate. And, and was it just that they were drinking a bit too much of this tokai? And so <laughs> no, no, it seems to send him into an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. And uh, what is tokai anyway? Oh, tokai is a wonderful uh, Hungarian liqueur very oh, okay. rare yeah okay uh the the emperors and empresses of uh, the austro-hungarian empire were at one point the only people who could drink it because tokai uh, sounds japanese <laughs> yeah no no t-o-k t-o-k-a-j tokai oh aj okay yeah uh, yeah yeah anyway so he gradually comes to the conclusion that in fact dean spanley is reminiscing about his life uh, life as his dog that his huh. dog, who he lost, who he lost when he was like maybe ten, yeah, when it ran away and never came back, and he never knew why, yeah. And, and then you know, I, I won't give any more of the story than that. But the you know, it it proves to have be a, a most profound transformational relationship uh, um, event in his life, and so much so that it actually transforms his relationship with his father because he also perceives this in, in an encounter with Dean Spanley. It's really a beautiful film. And uh, very strange it, you know, film, I would say. From oh, it's a gorgeous film, and it's all about the, the, the you know the the survival of the soul, you know, from lifetime to lifetime, not wow. just not just in human form. What's what's been interesting, you know, we were we were out walking today. It was a nice day in in, in New York, and Mary Elizabeth had a patient, and then we went for a walk afterwards. And uh, we're sitting in this little park, and as we walked in, there was a, a pit bull. There was a, a couple sitting on the next bench over, and they had a lovely little pit bull gray pit bull and uh you know we're we're relating a lot to dogs these days as we do our perambulations around the city because during the worst part of the muzzle mandate stuff you know people would still unbend if you if you talk to them about their dogs right dogs really seem to allow these people who 
to my way of thinking, and I'm sure you agree with me, surrendered so much of their humanity to conform with these ridiculous mandates. Yeah. And of course, many, many of whom are still wearing them, naturally. Um, but they're, 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 a lot of their humanity seemed to reside in the fact that they loved their dogs. And so you could engage them on that human level by talking to them about their dogs. Well, anyway, so there they are, this couple with his, with his gray pit bull. And we walk in and I sort of say, oh, hi to the dog, you know, but I didn't really pay any more attention. But the dog really seemed to like Mary Elizabeth. And so she went over and talked to him. I said, oh, I said, oh, it's probably just a past life. You probably met him. <laughs> he probably knows you from a past life. <laughs> But no, Dean Spanley, uh, say, listeners, if you've never encountered this movie, it is a beautiful film. And it really is heartwarming, this whole idea of that. And, you know, we, we cherish dogs. You know, I mean, dogs and to, to people that love dogs are like people. So the, the notion that a, the soul could transmigrate from, you know, a dog to a human being is, is really not that far-fetched, in my opinion. Snake, maybe, maybe a little less so, but, uh, but dogs in particular. Well, I see the way a lot of people act. I think it's probably true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That would explain yeah. a whole lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, if half the people around, well, they they were formerly you know, dogs and cats and insects or whatever, that would explain a whole lot to me. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, but I won't exactly say any more on that. <laughs> and as I said, and as I said, you know, we don't really know what consciousness is. You know, it doesn't necessarily equate with the size of the brain, does it? I don't think so. I don't think no, it does. Physical... Einstein's brain wasn't especially large, for example, but he was yeah. Einstein. So it's yeah. a, the and number of con neuronal connections in the brain. Yeah. And I just read something today. I didn't delve into the article very much, but said that our brains have actually shrunk from, uh, from Neanderthal times. Do you from know, primordial times. in 1976, I was in Mexico. I went to the Anthropological Museum there. I was like 20 years old. Yeah. And they had a, a, a row of skulls, like, you know, primitive hominids going up the line, you know, a row, row of them. Yeah. And I saw one thought, oh, that's modern human. But no, modern human was after that. What I was looking at was the Cro-Magnon man. Cro-Magnon Cro man, yeah. Yeah, Cro-Magnon, yeah. as I say in English. And his skull yeah, yeah. was so, it looked so much more noble and bigger brain than the modern human. I thought, well, yeah, have yeah. you really progressed? Or maybe, I'm, I'll never forget that. Look at that. Oh, my God. That's a modern human, and that's something that's died out, and it looks more advanced than, uh, well, about yeah. the brain size, though. Yeah. I think in general, if you have a species of people that all have all have bigger brains, most likely they probably will be more intelligent, I would think. Because of course, very small brains, you know, you get to like birds or whatever, or yeah. uh, then, you know, well, it's obvious, but, right? But birds uh, so, are very mysterious too. Very, very mysterious. Oh, yes, of They're, course they are. Of course. The I, lineal I don't descendants of trash birds. dinosaurs. I, right? Yes, I like yeah. birds and dinosaurs. Some of them had feathers, actually. We know these things today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine a Tyrannosaurus rex, but it has feathers on it. Somehow yeah, yeah. it seems a little ridiculous, but I guess when it starts chomping on you, you wouldn't laugh anymore, would you, yeah. when it bites your head <laughs> off? <laughs> but, <laughs> no. but uh, yeah, I think with the the big brain, in general, that means those people will be more intelligent. But in particular, not necessarily. You've got to have a small brain, it's going to be quite intelligent because of the neuronal connections. And that depends on how you use your brain as well. Which yeah, but we're not leads really me believe talking that, in Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, when we look at the people today and how little they use their brains, yeah. uh, well, it probably doesn't matter how big their brains are, they're still bird brains, judging by <laughs> yeah. their actions in this la these last two years. Yeah, sad. Well, there's some way. very intelligent crows. I'll have you know. Um, oh my God! Oh yeah. 
yeah, of yeah. New Caledonia. You know about the crows from New Caledonia? I do. Yeah, I read this monumental book. Uh, well, I've read a number of books about birds because we always had canaries when, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, and I loved canaries. Of course, they sing, you know, which is lovely. But I read this yeah. monumental book about why birds sing. It's it's uh, this uh, uh, psychologist from um, I think he was from New Jersey somewhere, but yeah. also a jazz musician who would go around the world jamming with birds, you know, and, uh, you know, what, what some bird species can do, the, uh, I can't remember now what the Australian species is, uh, but, you know, they can do remarkable things. And of course, you know, birds like crows, they can, you know, they really are, are rather more intelligent than we think. Well, I, I used no, to I'm, be one by past life, as a matter of fact, that's why, like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you, you might have been. You know, I mean, and, and again, as I would say to you, you're talking about intelligence, but I'm talking about consciousness. Right? Yes. Now, consciousness yeah. may not have anything to do with the size of the of the brain itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's an epiphenomenon of, of the of the processes. Well, does the soul have consciousness? I would say yes, in its realm it does, but doesn't have a brain at all. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's, you know, we don't, there's so much we don't know about it, you know, and, and I, I would, would hesitate. And it certainly is a, what's the word I would use, a cliche of a lot of, of fiction, you know, this notion that consciousness can be transferred from one location to another. So uh, that certainly ties in with traditions regarding in reincarnation, you know. Of course, yeah. 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 Well, now with this boy snake thing, uh, yeah. do you find this unsettling in any way? No. Why would it be unsettling? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to my next incarnation as a slug, but... You know, if, if well, for one, yeah, for one, for one simple reason. I remember back in the '80s, I was talking to some guy about reincarnation. Right? Yeah. He didn't believe yeah. it at all. He was an atheist materialist. I gave him all the evidence there is for it, and he was a, a fair thinker. And he said, yeah. "Well, I have to admit, your evidence is overwhelming, but I still can't accept it." I said, "Why not?" And he said, "Because I don't want to be born again." <laughs> it was all got it all got back to something oh. just emotional. I. Even though you had, and he admitted, I had overwhelming evidence. In other yeah. words, it was much better than his evidence. Yeah, but his, he still couldn't accept it, even though he's a scientific thinker, just because he didn't want to be born again. And, I, and that, I'll never forget that conversation. He was honest enough to say that. No, Many, most so are not that honest. But I thought that's why people stick to old beliefs, because they're too afraid to change their beliefs. That was like oh, a pivotal yeah. moment for me. I realized, oh my God, he, in, in the face of such evidence, well, like today, the election fraud, overwhelming yeah. evidence, but they don't believe it because they don't want to accept it. It's as simple as that. And as disgusting as that, I would say, because yeah. I was always the type of person, if the evidence is there, if I have to change my beliefs, I'll change them. I'm, I'm going to get closer to the truth, but most people don't care about the truth. They care oh. more about feeling good. And for him, the idea of having me born again was horrifying, so he preferred simply not to believe it. Yeah. That's a sobering yeah state of affairs i would say well i mean it's and it's so interesting because you know uh, in in the context of this COVID fraud for the past two years plus you know um david ike you know was talking at, at the very beginning of all this and, and more or less consistently throughout about the notion that in his understanding and you know whatever you whatever you might think about david ike i think he has tuned into some certain essential um metaphysical well, about the COVID thing he's hit the nail on the head time and again Absolutely yeah. fantastic his talks on the COVID situation and vaccines oh, yeah. and such Absolutely. things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Spot on from, from day one. 
Yep. He, he blew right. he blew poor Brian Rose's mind, I want to tell you. Yeah, no, about years ago when he used to say that like Obama was a reptilian alien, you know, or, I don't know, was, we got in reptilian stuff. That was kind of, he he doesn't talk about that anymore. I guess maybe he I don't no, know, maybe no. maybe realized that you know he was going too far there and it's kind of weird. But no, about yeah. the COVID situation, every single thing he said, I thought, wow, he really has followed it well and he know he sees. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he was amazingly prescient about most aspects of it. But the reason I mention this is because a key aspect of his talks at that time was the notion that these people who are who are running steadfastly from death, because that's essentially what we've had. We've yeah. had a, an entire populace who the you know the vast majority of whom have surrendered their humanity, surrendered their dignity to embrace a fraud, which has required them basically to stop living because yeah. of their fear of death. And he said, he said, this is only the smallest portion of, of what we are. He said, it's important, but he said, it's not the be all and end all of your existence, this eternal entity that, in, that inhabits this physical body, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's as, that's as much of an, ar an argument for reincarnation as, as I think anything is, but it, but it is this idea that people would be so, resolutely terrified of death you know that is the single greatest bugaboo of course of of the western rational mind is this notion that death is the end of life right and and david ike would dispute that and certainly uh, doctors like zach bush i don't know if i told you this story maybe i did but he was working as an emergency room physician um someplace at some time and it was a particularly bad night three people died but through the miracle of modern you know western allopathic medical technology they resuscitated all three of them yeah. and they were people from disparate walks of life you couldn't imagine a more diverse group of individuals and to a person they said to him why did you bring me back hmm. right so they they had moved on to the next level of being that great that born from which no traveler returns and that you know, convinced shakespeare Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we don't know what lies beyond this. We, I think, those of us who are on metaphysical paths who have awakened to that aspect of our existence, accept the idea that we. We've well, the been problem is many, the, many times. Go ahead. The, uh, the atheist materialist paradigm. Yeah, it's been absolutely. sold to the people, and so yeah. many people are atheist materialist they, they, life of that oh no that, i don't believe in that or oh, maybe but who knows or maybe they, they go to a church but they don't really believe you know what i mean because they've yeah, been yeah, influenced sure. by that as well and uh yeah. as you know I, I don't consider myself a christian i'm not going to lay on you talk no, about i'm Jesus not a christian Christ and save dying no. for our sins and all that kind of stuff and i know you know you don't think like that either but uh, no we we believe in the perennial philosophy right as astrologers we believe in the perennial philosophy well, However yes, uh, it, it all gets back, you know, I've reduced this years ago to its simplest form. Uh, is it matter over mind? I'll put mind slash spirit. Yeah. Or mind slash spirit over mind. Which is, they say mind over matter, right? Matter over mind. Mind, over, mind over matter, that's what we say. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we would say my, it's mind over matter. Spirit was first, and then came matter. And an atheist yeah. materialist says, first there was matter, and when matter got more and more complicated, all these molecules, then at some point consciousness magically just happened, right. and we can't explain it, but that's what happened. And I think that's, a, that's, a, that's nonsense. I feel that's oh, nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> and so the basic question is, is it you know spirit over mind, or, excuse me, a spirit over matter, or matter over spirit slash mind? 
but yeah. atheist materialists, they know that there's no life after death and there's no spirit and there's no supreme intelligent creative force, which most people call God. No, no, that's all ridiculous. That's all the opium of the masses, according to Karl Marx. So let's give them another opium. That'll be, you know, let's deify certain political leaders and have everybody march in a lockstep to certain tunes as they're as they've been doing now for so long right and they want to force yeah. it upon us with the new world order but of course behind that is the atheist materialist mindset and of course they sell it by saying uh well you're not going to own anything but you will be happy and people say, oh i'm going to be happy and they're going to give me pleasure drugs and they're going to do this and that so i'll be happy because people believe that once i'm dead i'm dead so i might as well enjoy here and they're going to send me a check every month as well so then I want to worse have more time for my hobbies and to watch movies. That's at the low level at which so many people are. And let's face it, people, if you believe there's, as Voltaire said about God, he says, if God uh, didn't exist, it'd be necessary to invent him. Well, life after death, if it, if it doesn't really exist, let's just invent it and say that it does, because you're going to live a more meaningful life, a life of much less fear. And sooner or later, we bite the dust anyway. Right. Right? Sooner or later, we're going to drop dead one way or yeah. another. But this yeah. atheist material, this is what we have to be combating. The atheist materialist mindset, I understand it very well because I was one myself for many years until my early 20s when I started to wake up because I saw evidence of totally the contrary. Uh, reincarnation is one of those things I started to get into because of concrete things that, that I, I discovered. I thought, my God. There could actually be reincarnation. It just blew me away. And I'm yeah. convinced there is, but now taking a step further that maybe you can be born again as a snake. Well, gee. <laughs> that is a bit mind-boggling. And people would say this story is just made up. I'm sure a lot of esoteric people would say, oh, this isn't true. This was made up. They just, you know, that's just propaganda of who knows whom. But after all, it's an associate of Ian Stevenson. That gives a lot more credibility. And uh, it seems to be documented and investigated this case. So yeah. if it is true, how should we take that? Should we assume that maybe people can come back as animals? And some people wouldn't mind. Some people live like animals anyway, so they, you know, why not? Uh, yeah. I don't fancy that because, you know, animals, I've never seen one that can play the harpsichord or any kind of keyboard. So that would kind of, you know, <laughs> put it off my list then. Although well, a koala, if I were intelligent koala, you know, koalas have two thumbs, three there fingers and two thumbs. I thought, could you play maybe a lot better? You could play weird things if you had two thumbs on each hand. Yeah. I don't mean two thumbs altogether. I mean they have on each hand two thumbs and three fingers. So if I were a really intelligent koala, maybe, I don't know, make myself a clavichord and do amazing things with it. But I'm just fantasizing here, you know. In general, yeah. I don't want to come back as an animal. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, there is the... There is the aspect of karma that goes along with that, according to the Hindu uh, metaphysics. You know that if you and karma means action. Yeah, but that you know you you reap the resort the rewards of your negative karma in any given life, and as I said, then it may. But be is it really do. like that? Because I, I saw some article by Cliff Hyde. He was saying it's really not like that at all. He got into the okay, well, more deeply into Indian me. philosophy, and he said karma just means action. Really. Yeah. Although one yeah. could say for every action there is a reaction. Yeah. Right. So that's what you were you were getting to. Yeah. If your actions but it's not are like a punishment system. You do this and you're experience. No, I mean I, I don't think this. they would see it as punishment. They would say you know it, it's just reflective of your actions. If you act like right. a, a yeah. snake, then you'll come back later as a snake. Uh, you know, if um, you act like a snake, you'll come. 
okay, Klaus Schwab, what's he acting like, really? Uh, yeah. Maybe we can make predictions. What are all these people are going to come back as? <laughs> I mean, just for fun. Like oh. Bill Gates, what will he come back as if there is animal, you know, human to animal reincarnation? What would Bill yeah. Gates come back as? We should. Some, some kind of rodent, I think, would be. A... Yeah, rat comes to mind, of course, but yeah. it could be some other sort. Yeah. Uh, many could come back as lemmings, obviously, many of the population. That's obvious because yeah. they're practically lemmings now. Uh, yeah. Others like a Klaus Schwab. But what about this uh, Yuval Noah Harari, this little oh. demon, the minion of Klaus Schwab, who wants to connect all our brains to computers and take yeah. away any religious feelings we have? <laughs> and he actually yeah. said that, people. You listening. I'm not making this up. He actually said that. He, they, they want to do away with people thinking they have free will because he said that's just an illusion. And also people having spiritual ideas because that's just ridiculous. So they want to do something with us, connect computers, so we don't think like that anymore. And he actually says that. So what's he going um, to come back as? A rock maybe? <laughs> Is that no, possible? I think, I think rocks have more consciousness than him. Um, uh, most likely, yes. I don't know. Maybe some kind of – what would he come back as, I wonder? Some kind of you know, fungus. A fungus, that could be good. Happy a gay fungus, because this guy's gay, lives with his husband, in quotes there. <laughs> a gay fungus. A gay, okay. Does gay fungus exist? Well, boy, there's so many things I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is there such thing as a gay fungus? I don't know. No, I don't think uh, so. I think they're uh, not. But uh, So let me ask you this, a, clue, a, a key question here. Yeah, you read this yeah. article. You see it's a – well, it's a – kind of reliable source in the realm of the reincarnational, right? Uh, yeah. So do you believe, after this article, that we can come back as animals? To yes. what extent do you believe in a, 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 you know, one to a hundred? Oh, oh, percentage, okay. Uh, what, uh, give me a percentage. To what extent yeah, do you say, believe? I'd say 80%. I, I don't see it. Because I'd say 20%. I'd say the, comp okay. the complement of that. I think uh, maybe occasionally a person could if they want to. But because of all the thousands of like regressions people have had and stuff from psychics and things, thousands and thousands, and there's so few cases of that. It seems to me like some people, if they see a purpose in that for one incarnation, it could well happen. But as a general rule, you don't because there's so few cases of that. Although they should study more, you know, uh, but – like to say, like I say, the case I've read about of that are just so so few, unless mm -hmm. of course the writers of those books, the psychologists that do regressions, had more cases. They didn't want to write it because they thought that could get people scared of reincarnation. That's also sure. possible because a lot of people possible. say, "What come back's an animal?" Oh no! <laughs> yeah, especially people that have tortured animals. You know, yeah, sure. Oh wow! Sure. They don't want to come back as a cat that's having its tail chopped off by some sadistic kid or something. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, yep. anyway, it's I don't a, know where else a, to take this. I think we should probably end it because uh, yeah, no. Well, it's an interesting notion. As I said, it certainly is food for thought. I, I do see it as consistent with you know metaphysical beliefs about reincarnation uh, that I've encountered before, and uh, and you know one certainly meets those you know uh, pets that you would swear there's a human being in there, you know, uh, because of the way they relate to you. Uh, See, I've never had that because just... I don't have pets. My mother has had two cats, but I never had the feeling that they could have been like a good, you know, a human friend of mine in a past life or something like that. Yeah. I never had. Uh, not that it's impossible, of course. And when you get the dolphins and whales, they're supposedly highly intelligent, although consciousness yeah. would be a different type. But the the dolphin language has thousands of sounds. Yep. Well, these funny sounds, but they're thousands, and they're communicating. 
So maybe, I don't know, your average, you could go to the, I don't know, some aquarium, one of those huge ones, see a dolphin, and maybe that was your wife in a past life. Could that be? Sure. Yeah. yeah. That kind of freaks me out. Well, it freaks me out. Does it freak me out? I don't know. It's just, you have to. Yeah, it's a possibility. I just give yeah, it a 20% yeah. now. I don't know. Intuitively, okay. I just feel it's an exception instead of a rule, I would think. Okay. All right. I could be wrong there. Who knows what I would come back as. Okay, to, to wrap up here, if you would have to come back as an animal or you choose to, which animal would you choose? Which animal, which insect, which creature? Well, I always loved birds, and I used to think that I would love to come back as a as a singing bird, like a nightingale, or uh, but you know, dogs. I'd come back cat. as a raven. The raven, okay. Yeah, I mean, ravens, crows are very intelligent. We know that, yeah. but above all, some people think, oh, they're kind of eerie, and I, I, I'd freak out, I'd freak the people out by by giving them that eerie feeling. I'd appear in their, you know, roofs and. Right. Anybody I don't like, I would do something. You know, my wife was attacked by a crow. They have these big crows here. They look almost like ravens wow. here in Japan. Wow. Wow. And one time, she was severely pecked on the nose by one. But it was her <laughs> own fault. Story. It was when she was young, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. She saw one that was injured, she thought. It was on the ground, maybe an injured wing. And so she picked it up and kind of held it there. And it suddenly just lunged forward and pecked her nose really hard. She said, it hurt like the devil. Or bit its bitter nose or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you hear of, of these birds attacking people. I don't yes, mean Hitchcock's Hitchcock the birds. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, there are black birds too. But here in Japan, you hear stories. I don't know what under what circumstances. It's kind of like the 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 killer bees here. Sometimes they have swarms of bees, and if you're wearing certain colors, these are oh, they're wasps. They are, and yeah, they yeah. attack you. These things will attack you, and they are, can be dangerous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, we won't go there. I don't want to be incarnated as a wasp the raven that would be kind of cool in a way yeah uh if you ever watch the walking dead in the beginning they have a few ravens there you know symbol of death and uh i'd pick the raven fly around that'd be kind of cool right but i prefer to think it's going to be as a human being yeah well as i said friends out there if you want to watch a great film watch dean spanley and think you might want to come back as someone's beloved pet right yeah boy gee that's uplifting somehow thank you for listening everybody and uh hope you enjoyed these musings on things that we can't prove one way or the other may you have a fine day week etc and thank you for following us on this the path of socrates bye michelangelo Bye. bye everybody Ciao for now, buddy. Talk to you again soon. Okay, bye.